Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. The big lottery payoffs and the big sports games have brought about the discussion of gambling. Some of us might consider it harmless, but for others, the uncontrollable urge to gamble could lead to serious health issues. Dr. Paranchi Alag is an assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry and an addiction psychiatrist. She tells us why compulsive gambling is a medical condition, signs to look out for, and how it's treated. Welcome to our podcast. It's nice to have you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? Thank you, Melissa, for having me over. My name is Dr. Pravanshi Alag, and I am an addiction psychiatrist at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. Along with mental health disorders, I'm also specialized in treating problems that are related to addiction. This includes disorders involving drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, food, and other impulse control disorders. Well, again, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's that time of year when there are a lot of sports, big name sports events, and we hear about, you know, people gambling and people betting a lot of money. Is compulsive gambling a medical condition? Sure. And before I answer that question, I want to make you know people around aware what gambling is. So gambling is defined as putting something of value to you at risk with a hope that they can get something of greater value. And in compulsive gambling, which is also known as pathological gambling, is actually a serious medical condition wherein you have these uncontrolled urges to, to keep wanting to gamble despite having those diverse and unintended consequences. The consequences kind of include, you know, financial problems, relationship problems, poor health conditions, which are related to stress, which is like high blood pressure, heart diseases, legal problems. And and very important, uh, which sometimes, you know, we, we miss talking about is it also causes some psychiatric problems. It could cause depression or worsen depression, anxiety, bipolar, and, and even suicide for that matter. What are some signs of gambling addiction? So, you know, gambling addiction per the DSM-5, which is one of the manuals that we follow, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorder, there are nine criterias that we look for, which include someone who is frequently preoccupied with gambling, They need to gamble with increasing amounts of money in order to achieve the desired excitement. The third one is that, you know, they've made repetitive efforts to cut down or limit or stop, and they've been unsuccessful. Often, when they want to stop gambling, it makes their mood really restless or irritable. Gambling is actually one of the ways for them to escape their problems or relieve dysphoric mood like hopelessness, guilt, depression. And they've actually kind of jeopardized their significant relationships. They've lost their employment opportunities, you know, educational opportunities and things like that. And last but not the least is they kind of rely on other people, mostly family members, to help with the financial situation, which is caused by gambling. So of these nine criteria, if people qualify for or more, that's when it is a definite problem that needs to be looked into and they need to go out and and seek some help. 
Now, I know you mentioned monetary problems and escapism, but is there a group that is more susceptible, perhaps young adults, men, women, children, teenagers? You know, some demographic groups are at definite higher risk when we talk about gambling problems. So they could be children, they could be adolescents. Gambling is actually two to three times more common in men than women. But another interesting fact is that females do have a gambling problem. They progress much faster than men do. On a separate note, not the demographic factors, but some other factors is the lower socioeconomic status as well can contribute. Childhood abuse and neglect could also contribute to some of the gambling problems in and nicotine or any other substance use disorders are some of the other factors which I wanted to mention. What are the treatments? So, you know, treating compulsive gambling can be very challenging. And the reason is that it's hard for people to accept that it's a problem for them. But thankfully, we do have some treatment modalities which include kind of counseling. So the different kinds of counseling people could go through. So one is the behavioral therapy, wherein you basically, you know, go for the counseling. You're exposed to this behavior of gambling, and they want you to unlearn and teach some better ways of wanting to reduce gambling. Another way is something known as cognitive behavioral therapy, wherein they help you to to understand the irrational, the, the negative feelings that you have, and they try and help you replace them with some of the positive feelings and, and healthy feelings. And then we also have some family counseling because family does get affected or impacted big time. In terms of medications, of course, there are a lot of, like I mentioned, the psychiatric disorders that might come along with gambling. So treating with antidepressants and mood stabilizers could be helpful. Also for the behavior, gambling behavior, antidepressants have been known to to help a whole lot. And the compulsive, the urges that are uncontrollable could be treated with the opioid antagonist medications as well, just like any other addictive disorder. And last but not the least, which I think is the most important, is the self-help groups, which are by the name of Gamblers Anonymous, which can help the people who have actually you know, gone through it or are still continuing and need some support from the people who have gone through it or are in sobriety themselves now. Could gambling addiction be confused for just having a competitive personality? Possibly. Sometimes people who, who are highly competitive workaholics, impulsive, restless, or easily bored, for that matter, can be confused, and also that they are at much higher risk of having compulsive gambling. Some places might give away small monetary amounts or other kinds of prizes or trinkets. Does the brain differentiate between a big and a small win? Sure, this is definitely an interesting one. So there is a study that has actually been done that actually used something known as the functional magnetic resonance imaging, so that's the fMRI. And what the specific study did was they wanted to understand the effect of the monetary reward on the structure structures of the brain that are involved in pleasure or reward. And what they found out was that bigger the reward greater is the activity in those structures which help in 
in achieving pleasure or which give us pleasure in the brain. So so definitely if it's a if it's a big price versus a smaller price that does do a whole lot things differently within the brain. Well, growing up, uh, when I was little, I played loteria with my family. That's a kind of bingo. Is there anything that parents can do to minimize the effects of gambling on children? Because I liked winning, just like everyone yes. else. <laughs> <laughs> so there's really no proven way to prevent gambling, but educational programs for you know, individuals who are at high risks and, and groups who are at high risks would definitely be extremely helpful. If one does have risk factors, you know, if there's a family history where you do have compulsive gambling or gambling problems, you know, one should avoid gambling in any form or they should avoid being around people who like to gamble a lot and also avoid going to places where gambling can occur. And God forbid if they do start having problems with gambling, they should seek treatment at the earliest possible, you know, before problems get worse and and start to impact them in some of the ways which they probably were not expecting. Is there anything else you'd like to add? For sure. For any kind of addictive disorder like gambling, the first step towards recovery is reaching out to seek help. So I would want people to reach out and seek help if they do believe they have problems gambling. And sometimes, you know, we are unsure of things like if, if gambling is really a problem. So in that case, there's something known as a gambling anonymous 20-question survey, which they can do, and and that would probably give them a better idea of understanding if they do have problems gambling or not, and, and reach out to the providers as soon as they can. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast, and we hope to have you again soon. Sure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure coming here. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susana Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>